Welcome back to Blazing Trails. I'm your host, Michael Revo from Salesforce Studios. Coming up, it's episode two of Meet the Customer. Meet the Customer is brought to you by Salesforce Customer 360. Salesforce unites all of your teams, marketing, sales, service, commerce, and IT around a single shared view of your customer on one integrated platform. And the result? Your employees have all the information they need to do their best work and wow your customers at every opportunity. So to learn more about what Salesforce Customer 360 can do for your business, visit salesforce.com slash 360. Now let's join Peabody and Emmy award-winning journalist, Jane Marie. So I follow a lot of um, beauty influencers on all the socials. And over the last couple of years, I've noticed a bunch of them are going gray on purpose. So there's a change in society. There seems to be. Yeah. And like, mind you, they're all absolutely gorgeous. So why not? But there was one and there was a photo of her with her hair in a ponytail like up high on top of her head. And the ponytail holder was brown. It really stood out. When you buy a ponytail or accessory, that usually matches your hair color. Mm-hmm. You know, I think if you're wearing like a sports scrunchie that matches your outfit, that's a different look. But like going to the office or even the grocery store, I like to wear a, a hair tie that blends in. Are you wearing one right now? Do you see it? Oh, yeah. It just looks neater. Like it looks like you're actually put together and like ready for the world. And so at the store, you have like, they've come out with even like blonder ones lately, but it's like light brown, dark brown, black. So then I started nosing around, like, is this, did I, am I making up a problem that like doesn't actually exist? And I found a picture of like Karl Lagerfeld in a brown ponytail holder with his silvery white hair. Like the most fashionable. Karl Lagerfeld. Yeah. Yeah, if he can't get his hands on the right ponytail holder, I don't know what hope there is for the rest of us. So I, I think it's a real thing. It seems like a real thing. I mean, that that is always the question when you see a hole in a market is, is that a hole because no one thought of it or no one did it? Or is it a hole because it's not a hole and it's just in your head? Or is it a hole because we don't care about aging women in this country? Although we do care about you know, there's anti-wrinkle cream and and mm-hmm. there there are a lot of products for aging women. As long as you're feeling bad about aging. As long as you're feeling bad about aging. <laughs> there's a lot of products for people who don't right. want to be aging. <laughs> so here so here's the idea. All right, are you ready? a hair accessory line for people with gray hair. This does not exist. Yeah, but I'm ready to invest. What I like about it is it it feels like a really good wedge product or testing product. Like it, it feels like a great way to test a hypothesis. My hypothesis is twofold. I believe that not only does this product line not really exist in any cohesive way, but that there's an audience out there, a customer base that wants it. The first thing Adam suggested I do was talk to his friend Kelly, because he felt weird guiding me through this particular experiment. 
I think that we're probably a better starting point because Adam doesn't have any hair. He has no hair. Like right. none. <laughs> Listeners. <laughs> um, yeah. So first of all, what do you think of the idea? I love it. Do you do? Yeah, I do. Oh, great. This is Kelly Moffat, and she and her wife, Laura, started a clothing line a few years ago called Kieran Finch. And like my idea, they didn't invent clothing, but they thought of a new way to make it and market it. Yeah, we started Kieran Finch really out of our own personal frustration. We were, you know, grew up. Neither of us were drawn to wearing dresses. We would walk into the men's section and really be drawn to those styles, but they weren't made to fit our bodies, right? They were too tight on our hips. They were, you know, gaping at our chests. And so we just you know, we just kind of soldiered on. Right. And we we made it work. Um, but we were getting married in 2014 and we had this kind of ooh, moment where we were like, <laughs> all right, what are we going to wear? And so we got custom suits made and it was this aha moment of feeling so, so authentic in who we are. And finally, our inside matched our outside. And so we were like, well, this was cool. Um, but we want to share this with other people. Um, and Laura's background is in market marketing. Um, she has done a lot of market research. And so we went out and we asked a whole bunch of folks and we're like, hey, we have this idea, right? But we have no fashion background. Um, we literally have really even never thought about anything to do with fashion. But we want to start a company. Their first step, Kelly said, was just asking around. How are you getting in touch with people who might have something to say about it? We actually went to the bar because that's way more fun than knocking on doors if you want to <laughs> if you want to hear about how to how to how to speak to people. Right. Um, so we decided we were going to chat to as many people as we could. Um, so we we went to a place called Cubbyhole, which is a queer bar in, in New York City. We're based in Brooklyn um, and we basically would buy someone a drink and say, hey, will you answer these questions for me? And, um, you know, I don't know, a few hours in, finally, I was getting like odd looks from the bartender. Like, why? You, first of all, who are you <laughs> buying all these drinks for? Um, but uh, yeah, what do you wear? Where do you shop? What do you want to see? Um, and actually, one of the things that came out of it was uh, the, the biggest item that people wanted, their unmet need was mm. a button up shirt. And so there's like a million button up shirts that exist right in the world, like from, you know, price point, all all the styles, all the things. Um, but, you know, it's this everyday item that people weren't able to mm -hmm. wear that fit them. Right. And so we spent so much time thinking about the fit of our garment because, you know, it does. The product existed. It just didn't exist for our niche customer. Right. And what was the fit that you guys figured out? I mean, I'm going to share all my secrets with you today, Jane. She did end up sharing some of them, and they were brilliant. They make their neck circumferences smaller, and they also added more buttons down the front so there's not that big gaping hole between your boobs where the shirt pulls. And women's wear traditionally has um, significantly softer, uh, what's called fusible or interfacing in the color. So like if you put on neckwear with that, it just basically flops. Um, mm -hmm. So like you, you see that like structured, like, you know, traditional men's shirt, right, that you wear with a suit. Why do they make it softer for women? What? Because apparently we're softer. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> More delicate flowers. <laughs> So I pitched this to Adam and he was like, go to Kelly and ask, what do I do? 
to figure out if this is a good idea. Well, I think that you took you've taken the first step here talking to people about it. I think that that's that's actually one of the things that oftentimes I feel like people are most afraid. So they're like, I have an idea. It's the best idea ever. I'm not going to tell anybody about it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But I think it's really talking to people about it and like people like probably that have longer hair than me um, that say, yeah, that is my need too. Or Mm -hmm. they say, I never really thought about it before. But yes, that's me. That's great. I Mm -hmm. feel Mm -hmm. like you get me. So I'm going to buy from you because you care about me as a customer. Okay. Got it. Yes. And I do. We have so many interactions with our customers. Um, We blow the industry average out for like repeat customers and which is great, right? Like that's like we have a niche business, but like people keep coming back. Um, But they have a lot to say to us, which we so appreciate, right? Um, Ultimately, sometimes it's about like something that they want. Sometimes it's about something that we're not doing that we should be doing. Sometimes it's about like, you know, one of our team members like did a really good job and they want to share that like all like and sometimes it's like why don't you have this you are messing mm-hmm. this up and we're like okay got it um, <laughs> I think that one of the biggest things that we've heard a lot from our customers which is why we've spent so much time working on getting it right is about our sizing inclusivity um and we worked with someone um like the the industry expert to like examine our sizing, like look at what we're doing. Um, And then like we've kind of changed a whole bunch of practices and then spent a lot of time. um, And, you know, hopefully, hopefully, you know, we've done a good job with it. And and I know that we have, but like, you know, I've known it and like as a very small sample size, but like how does it like translate with like, you know, thousands of people? Um, The one, the one thing that I love the best is when parents write in and they're like, my kid is, you know, going to go to their graduation or like they're going to like they just came out as trans and like we're going to like this family wedding and I want them to dress you know how they feel comfortable and like but what do I do like can we come in like all this stuff and that to me just it feels like if we're providing this safe space for that interaction in their like most vulnerable time it's all about what we were talking about is the message of like I we hear you I I see what you need and you do need to go to their website, at least. I'm not getting paid to say this, and it's not sponsored. This whole show isn't sponsored by Kieran Finch. But go to Kieran Finch, K-I-R-R-I-N-F-I-N-C-H.com. Their clothes are gorgeous. So armed with all of Kelly's advice, I got to work. I went hunting around for gray hair accessories, clips, hair ties, bobby pins, you name it. I started where we all do on Amazon and found a few gray hair brands that I'd never heard of, but they didn't have all the stuff I wanted. So I ended up buying a bunch of variety packs of clips and scrunchies and plucking out the gray ones. Then I hit up CVS and Rite Aid to fill out the set. In all, I spent $88 to get down to a dozen items for my collection, which is called Lady Jane Grey, or maybe it's called Go Grey, or goodness gracious, whatever. So now I was as ready as I was ever going to be to show it to people and see what they thought. But before I did, Adam wanted to share one last bit of advice. 
you want five of them to hate it. You know, you want, if all 20 just love it, then it's a trivial thing. It's more a, a high scale indifference thing. You want at least five of them to be like, yeah, not interested. That That's yeah. not for me. One night, I invited a couple dozen friends to my recording studio to check out the line. Some had gray hair, some dye their grays, some were jerks who claim they've never even seen one on their heads, but all of them were folks who know what's what in the beauty space. And the reviews were mostly positive. I really love it. <laughs> okay. And it could just be your curation, your kind of the tableau that you created, but I feel like this gives you a lot of flexibility. Do you know anyone that would want any products like this? Yeah. You do? Yeah, I have a friend who, I have two friends actually who went gray really early. Yeah. I wonder if, you know what I just realized is both of them have bobs. Mm -hmm. And I wonder if they would have different hair, if they were like accessories to wear right. their hair a different or way. influence. Have you seen a line like this anywhere? Out no, in the world? this is a first. I'm actually kind of impressed by it. Thank you. Yeah, I, I'm like, wow, what a thoughtful thing. Because usually it's like, you know, there's so many aspects of like aging that you don't really see a whole lot, even when it comes to like, perimenopausal. You don't hear stuff, see stuff. Mm -hmm. This is something that I haven't seen before. I said mostly positive. Oh my God, no. You hate it. I, I mean, I love it as an idea for you. What do you mean for me? I mean, for you to market? Whatever, Emma. Moving on to my friend Jane, whose opinion would be top of the heap, as she has a bountiful, gorgeous, naturally platinum gray mane. I love it. I, this is what I want. As far as I'm concerned, the focus group was a success. Most people liked it. There were at least three whole people who would run out and buy it right away. And then there were a couple that would rather die. I felt like I had a new idea and potential customers. It was thrilling. And then Kelly gave me one more assignment, a survey. Let's ask them, like, are they actually using bobby pins? Are they actually using scrunchies? Are they using some other piece of hair accessories that you haven't even thought about. And I think you should figure out your demographics. Mm -hmm. um, you want to ask them about their feelings, about like, you know, like, do they care? So I made that survey, sent it out, and got 86 responses, which, I don't know, kind of sounds like a lot, kind of sounds like not enough. Here's a quick rundown of what I learned. Age ranges between 25 and 70, not helpful. Most people were 36 or 41 or 53. More than half of them are natural brunettes. More than half of them dye their hair. And all but maybe 10 have found a gray hair. They mostly use ponytail holders, scrunchies, claw clips, bobby pins, and headbands. 29% of them said they don't think about this at all. They don't care what color their hair accessories are. The funnest part was the word association. I asked them, when I say gray hair, you think old, stress, chic, beautiful, pandemic, tired, wiry, sparkly, mom, aging, color every six weeks, witches. I think that was my favorite. I've really only read you half of the questions and a few of the responses, and it's overwhelming, right? Now I just have too much information about my potential customers. I feel like I would need someone with a computer brain to help me muddle through this, 
Or maybe just a computer with a brain, like an intelligent computer, like an artificially intelligent computer that could take all this information I've gathered, tell me who my exact customer is, what they want, how much they want to spend, and where. Does that, does that exist? Next week on our series, Meet the Customer on Blazing Trails, we take a trip to ancient Iraq and discover how traders and customers more than 4,000 years ago have shaped how we buy and sell today. Meet the Customer is a production of Salesforce Studios, hosted by Adam Davidson and Jane Marie, produced by Little Everywhere, additional production from Rachel Levin and Courtney Eltinge of Salesforce Studios. I'm Michael Revo. Thanks for listening.